His mercy. His willingness. So you don't think God wants to do it. He is willing. He wants to. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. See, you got to believe. I love God says you got to believe that I am. Those who come to me must know that I am, and I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. And Pastor Evan told you that I am is whatever you need. The ability to become whatever you need. That's a good God. And, and, and we can't chill on it. Like in this season. You have every need met. It's already finished. But we don't believe. We think it happened to Pastor Edwin. It can happen for Pastor Chris. It can happen for Tam. But will God bless me? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God wants, God has blessed you. God wants to bless you. Yes, you and your children. Because I love the excitement of kids. So yesterday, I got my nephew and my son, and, we, and I said, Aiden, Will's at home. It was, as soon as they woke up, we're going to do something fun today. He didn't need to wait until something happened. He didn't need to wait till we got to the pumpkin patch, till he was sliding down the slide, till he was eating the cotton candy. He didn't need to wait for his expectation to know that it was finished. The moment daddy said it, hallelujah, the moment his daddy said it, it was done. Our father has many promises. The earth is, is full and ready to give birth. It's just needing us to have an expectation that it's ours. You don't have your job in January if you believe. The only person that won't get it is the person that didn't believe. Everything is already there. In Genesis, God was creating the earth. And when he created the earth, he said, I'll put everything in it that you will ever need. He said, he, God, we'll get there. He said, I'll put stuff in it just because it'll be pretty to your eyes. Because from the beginning of time, God was setting us up to live a life. We had everything we wanted and not just what we wanted, a life of ab- abundance and overflow. When he created Eden, they didn't need gold in They didn't need diamonds then. There was no purpose for rubies. They didn't even have value, but God knew something that Adam didn't understand. He has been putting things in this earth from the beginning of time to set us up to enjoy them. But those who will receive it will be those who think it belongs to them. And that's why we've been talking about identity. You've got to know whose family you belong to. Because in the family of God, in the kingdom of heaven, we have everything we need. There's no lack. But you got to convince yourself of that. That's why God says study to show yourself approved. That's why in Romans he tells us all the time to renew our mind. That's why in Philippians he says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He's trying to get us to think like he thinks. So that we may inherit what he has already put here. Tell your neighbor, say, already. Already. You ain't waiting for it. The fact that you're waiting is the fact you ain't in faith. If you are waiting for it to happen, you are not in faith. Faith is now. Faith is done. Faith is my receipt of something that has already occurred. Because when you go to Walmart and you you get your groceries and you put that card in there and they print you that receipt, that receipt shows that what? It belongs to you. Your faith. Is your receipt that says this belongs to me. I remember being 18 years old in the doctor's office, and they said, you got the shoulder of a 70-year-old man. You need to have it fused together, which means you can't move it. 
And I was just like, that ain't the truth of my life. I didn't know much about anything, but I knew enough about God that that wasn't going to be it. So I said, Lord, I'm not sure what we're going to do. And I didn't know a lot of scriptures. I grew up Baptist, and we didn't do a whole lot of healing. But what I did know is that God was good. And see, sometimes we believe in the word, right? But you don't need to know every scripture. You just need to know that God is good. That bill may show up unexpectedly. God is good. Your marriage may be rocky, but God is good. Your children may be acting a fool, but God is. Standing on the word. So I just claimed it back then and 17 years later. Hallelujah. Pain free. Why? Because you got to grab hold. I took the receipts. And, 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 and don't give me, the enemy still tries to come. But I don't be like, my arthritis. Like, enemy, you don't lie. I was delivered from that back a long time ago. 18 years ago of freedom. But see, some of us are like the slaves back then. They were emancipated, but they never walked it out. Because what happened was the slave owners were tricking them to make it seem like, hey, you know what? You free, but not today. It'll be a little later. And because they didn't know the word, they didn't act on the word, and they lived in a condition in which they didn't have to. Y'all will get it in a minute. We living in a condition that we don't have to, but we have already been free. Yeah. The Bible says in John 10, 10, I have come that you may have life and have that life how? More abundantly. To the full. To it overflows. Is your money overflowing? Yes. yes. Amen. Yes. Your health overflowing? Yes. See, some of us got a problem with it because we like, I don't see it. See? See? Abraham, Pastor helped me last week, broke me smooth down. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was so mad at that computer, I almost drive, drove up here this week. I had everybody coming to the church because I wanted to hear that word again. But she said, Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, considering not his own body. He was like, I don't care if Sarah dried up. I don't care if I'm past the age because when it comes to God, nothing in the flesh matters anyway. Your new job doesn't have any, anything to do with your degree That's right. or lack thereof. That's right. You making more than $40,000 a year has nothing to do with your degree. It has nothing to do with your personality. It has nothing to do with who you are. It has everything to do with what God wants for your life. Why? Because his mercy is, endures forever, and it's his willingness to make it happen. Some of us just need to raise our hands and accept it. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because ultimately, it don't matter how you feel. Like, and, and, and that used to be me. If I didn't feel a certain way, I didn't feel like God was present. But God was like, it don't matter. <laughs> like, really, it doesn't matter. It don't matter if you went to the interview and you felt like it was good or not. If God said it's yours, it's yours. We get so caught up in our five senses. And anytime you're caught up in your five senses, you're considering your own body. And your body is made of dust, right? And then the enemy back in the day when he, he messed up and told uh, uh, Eve, got her to eat of the tree, right? He said, I'll in Genesis 3, he said, I'll curse you to crawl upon the earth and you'll consume the dust. And anytime you are operating in your flesh, you're giving the enemy the opportunity to consume you because the one thing that he can eat of the earth is the dust. So you can't accomplish God's will in your life when you operate in your flesh. Every time you operate in your flesh, the enemy will consume you. Why? Because he has authority over that area. That's his area. You can't win that way. And if you look at the enemy, every time he comes to deceive you, he always tries to give you an imitation of what you already got. Yeah, that's right. So, let's... 
Let's, let's try to back up a second. So in Genesis 1, I love Jesus. And I'm becoming who God called me to be. It's taking 35 years, but we're going to flesh him on out. I'm going to be all God called me to be. Because 17 years ago, I wouldn't want to do this. I felt like I stood in the shadow of others, but man, it's so free to be me. Ain't nothing like being me. You try to be everybody else, but the freedom is knowing who you are. And, and Pastor Sean said, a lot, it was so many good nuggets last week. Because you can't be in your land outside of your identity who God called you to be. So as long as I try to be Pastor Edwin, as long as I try to be Pastor Sean, as long as I try to be uh, rich, as long as I try to be Brother Valley, I will never inherit the promises for my life. It is only me being me that I have access to all God holds for me. And, and, and the great thing about that is because God is so big, each one of us represents a different facet of who he is. He doesn't need us all to be the same because we all represent a manifested glory of who he is in the earth. So while Pastor Edwin is being him and Rod is being him, Misha's being her, we are all representing the fullness of who God is. So we don't got imitators in FOC. We don't need imitators in FOC. We need you to be you so that everything that God has for this house will be represented in the earth. So we're gonna, we just going to be jumping around, So as you can see. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go with it. God's, in Genesis 1.25, we're going to paraphrase, God takes his time to sculpt the earth. So check this out. So we're going to be in Genesis 1 starting out. So in Genesis 1, God is creating the earth because I want us to realize how good we got it. Because sometimes you don't realize how good you got it. So when, when God was creating the earth in Genesis 1, he sculpted that thing. He prepared it for his best creation. So that's me. He, he, he took his time with it. You know, he, he didn't want to rush it because he was setting something up so that his favorite, his best, his love of his life could have live in a lavish world. He put everything in the earth that will ever be needed to meet the need of his people. God considered everything that could be desired, say everything, and placed it there even though at the time it didn't have value. He wanted, I love this, as I said, he said, I wanted to impress you and exceed your expectations. Your daddy just don't want to give you enough. He want to impress you. That's, that's why I was preaching. Man, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above everything that you can ask or even imagine. Even think. God says, I'm about to blow Adam's mind. And so, once he was satisfied with everything, we go to verse 26. In Genesis 1, 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over cattle, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creepest thing that creeps upon the earth. In my Pastor Sean voice, you got dominion over all the what? Creeps. Creeps. All right. Oh. I'm going to try to pull a little Pastor Sean and Pastor Evan in here every now and then. All right. So since we are doing Pastor's Appreciation, yeah. but that word, that word in our image, let's stop there. In our image. It said, let, so it said, let us make man in our image. And so back in the day, you got to realize when this, and now let me give you, so back in, y'all know what the emperor is, right? All right. So back in the, so this is what that was saying. When God said, let us make man in our image, you got to think about the emperors back in the day used to put statues all over the place to, to, to recognize, so people would recognize that this area right here is mine. So if I was an emperor, I'd just put a, uh, a statue of Ralph all over the, I'd put one in every county. And in some counties, I may need a couple in every city because I need them to know who has rule and who has reign. And so when God says, let us make man in our image, in other words, he was saying, let me put, let me put man in the earth to represent me so that everywhere people go in the earth, they'll know my goodness, they'll know my reign. 
right? So we're, and if I get happy, I should have been in a speech a little while ago, so my R's and W's sound a little same. So let me, let me, let me help you up front. So, but anyway, these symbols would declare that these areas were under his power and reign. God has placed humankind as a living symbol of himself on earth to represent his reign or his authority. We are to reign over all that God has made. So in other words, when God said, let us make man in our image, let me put living, viable statues into the earth to represent my dominion. That's who we are. So when he was saying, let us make up man in our image, he said, let me put a full replica of myself into the earth so that I can exercise dominion everywhere. Because God understood that he couldn't be everywhere and the earth doing everything because when he created it, he was done. Man's job was now to exercise dominion over the earth. And it was our job to do it because we had dominion over all the creeds. And the enemy, when he was cursed, had to crawl upon the ground. So he became a creed. And now, because I am in the image of God, I have dominion over the creed. See, look at that. You are fighting a battle that's already won as long as you operate in the spirit. Because the moment you operate in the flesh... That is now the area in which the creep has dominion. Because the enemy cursed him to consume the dust of the earth. So, when we operate in our area as regents or as statues or as images of God, that's how we replenish this thing. Last week, Pastor John said he has a system of replenishment. It's you. The earth can't be replenished if you don't operate how you should. Listen, if there is lack anywhere, it's because we ain't taking our rightful role. We asking God to do what he's empowered us to get done. Let's go on to Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. He empowered them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for me. And, and, and then in verse 28, God blessed them, told them to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth to do and have dominion. So there were three things that took place, and we're going to get out of order for the sake of time. God gave Adam significance. See, see, when I talked last time, we don't got time to do catch up. Every sin is basically an act of not getting a basic need fulfilled. Come on, you got time. God created us to have significance and dominion. All right? It says, be empowered to prosper, to bear fruit and have it multiplied until it fills up all the earth. While doing it, bring the earth into bondage. (laughs) I'm reading this like it's scripture. Hold on, let let me go back. He says, be empowered, this is God saying to me to tell y'all, to prosper, to bear fruit, and have it multiplied until it fills up all of the earth. I'm not sure about your bank account in the natural right now, but I got some more confession. My, my bank account has to fill the earth, right? Because there is no good deed that I should have a desire to give to that I can't. That, that's the word. And there was a couple times this week that I wanted to give you know, but I had to consider. Yeah, yeah. And, and I should have just went on. And, and we all growing up, yeah, you know. Yeah. But God says you can give to every good work. That word every, Kenosha is an English teacher. Kenosha, what's every mean? Every. Me all, right? It's a simple word. The Bible says we should be able to give to every good work. You know, 
you know how those charities always coming by? I'll tell y'all a funny story. My son's in kindergarten real quick. And he came home like the second week with a fundraiser. And so I'm like, cool, I got out, hustled, sold the cookie dough and stuff. And then before I even turned in the money, there was a second fundraiser. And I told my wife, they ain't hiring me part-time to work for them. You know? But at the end of it, what does it matter? Because it was from the PTO who does good things from the school. So be able to give to what? Every charitable donation. But I told them, I ain't working part-time for y'all. That's what I told them. So, but it works. God gave them significance. And, Genesis, and then if you go on to Genesis 1 and 29, it told them everything that God gave them, it gave them safety and security. So now God has made me to have dominion. He has put me in rule of all the earth. I am significant. He has put in the earth every herb-bearing seed, everything I needed, so I got safety and security. Because if, if you are a man or a woman, I know my wife, it feels one thing for her, security. Number one priority. She wants to feel secure. And I'm a grown man, and I like to feel the same. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because God established that. I love it. And then in Genesis 2, he looked at man and Adam, and he's like, man, Adam by himself, that ain't good. Let me give him somebody else. Why? Because man has a, has a sense of belonging. So significance, safety and security, and belonging. People don't give their bodies away just because they want to. It is a sense given to them from God to belong to something. And so, so you are chasing after a feeling only God can fulfill because that's what he did in, with Adam in the beginning. And so your desire to do that is just a simple, basic way of not getting your need met. But what you're chasing is of the flesh, is then ruled by the enemy. He gets you caught up and consumes you, makes you feel bad, and then you blame God because he didn't rescue you. God set us up with everything, but we chase the wrong avenues trying to get our significance. Man, you don't dominate women because that's what you desire to do. You, you, you want to dominate. You should dominate. It is a part of your spiritual DNA. But what you're doing is prostituting what God has given you, that feeling that you should have by taking advantage of women to get it fulfilled only to be empty because it doesn't fill it. Because that is from the dust. So what we have to do is chase God. That's why when Abraham said, I considered not my own body. There's nothing in your body that fulfills significance. There's nothing in the flesh that can fulfill safety and security. There's nothing in the flesh that can make you belong. That is a spiritual fulfillment. And unless you chase God, you'll never get it. So, I'm thirsty. Hold on. Now I'm a little drop. So, let me see where I'm at. So let's just go, and we don't got time to talk about Genesis 2 where it says it's not good for man to live alone. Because husbands, we, listen, when he created woman, he created equal. And see, that woman was designed to, to aid, to be an equal, to push forward. And so when you allow your wife to take her right place, you will then be able to think God set Eden up to be ruled by man and woman. 
And when you as a man try to run it on your own, you fail. Even if you do it all God's way because you never put your wife in her rightful place. So that's free. So that's free. Because you can't be about your own vision without being about your wife's. Because as a man, it is for us to, to cast a vision for the house. And it, it, it is God who is the provider. So my job is to have vision. His job is to be provision. And so I cover my wife in that whole process. But if you leave your wife out, you leave your inheritance out. Because she has been designed to walk by you side by side, stride by stride. So, so honor your women, your wife. And, and, and here's the thing that the enemy would mess with identity. He gets you so engaged in all these relationships that your way of knowing how to treat a woman is skewed because all you did from sixth grade was break up. Yep. Wow. All you did from sixth grade is harass. All you did from sixth grade is take advantage of. And so now you got your good thing. You don't know how to honor that because all you had practiced was dishonor. <laughs> And ladies, don't allow no man to dishonor you. Because you got value. If you find any good man, you're going to find a great woman right there. I heard somebody say the other day that if you look at the greatest men in history, they all had good women. Why? Because there's something about a woman that's able to make you accomplish what you thought wasn't possible. It's something about a woman that's able to stare it up. They're able to push you forward. Why? Because as a man, we want to be providers. And ain't nothing like a good woman to make you work a double shift. It, 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 it ain't nothing like a good woman to make you stay up late. You understand? I got a philosophy in my house. If anybody got to work hard, it's me. If I got to go work all day and come home and cook, you know what? That's going to be me. Society got the roles mixed up. I'm not sure who I'm talking to. That ain't even nobody know. But, but, but as a man, because we believe in good men in FOC, we are good men. Amen? Say, I am a good man. A godly man. I take control of my house. See, dominion means that if it has to be done, I do it. See, we don't got dominion to be. I just tell people what to do. But if you got, if you ever had a good supervisor, if you ever had a good boss, at the end of the day, if it had to be done and everybody else was going to sleep, if everybody else was done, that boss got it done. Why? Wow. Because he understood at the end of the day. It's on me. And as a husband, that's the role we play. If them clothes need to be washed, get your tail in there and wash them clothes. Fold them too, so don't start. Now, now, now back in the day, Pastor Evan would teach you about excellence. So don't you start the process and don't finish it. Man, that's good. That's good. I'm preaching to myself. That's good. That's good. I know the women saying amen. Or you should. Even if you don't got a man, you should be declaring that he's going to be a godly man. That rules over the house. That exercises dominion. Don't, don't you sacrifice for no, no good, man. If he ain't working while you single, he ain't going to work while you married. You can't change him. Listen, if he show you who he is, believe him. Now listen, 
The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee bows, right? Not at, the, not at the name of you women. You can't mold a man into loving God. You can't mold a man into treating you right. You can't mold a man into wanting to go to work for you. If he played Xbox now, if he didn't have a car now, if he lived with his mama now. Now, check it out. There are circumstances. There are circumstances that may, hey, don't count them out, though, but judge a man by his fruit. Now, it's some that live with their mama, but they working on something. It's some that don't got a car, but they working on something. I don't want to throw my brothers away, so I'm not, so I don't. <laughs> but women, hey, you ain't excused from all this. Because you have an expectation for something that you ain't ready for. You want, you, want, you want the best that God has, but you bring in your less than average. Now, I ain't that pastor who talk about your body. Your body don't matter, but your heart does. Your heart does. And you want to be equal in so many areas. So bring yours with you. Don't wait on no man to bring you up. You should be brought up by God on your own. Don't wait. Your identity is not established in a man. It's established in God. That's good. So when you get married, you, you should be complete. You whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Already done. So when you find him, him find you, y'all good because y'all both bringing the good things in. You out here spending up all these credit cards, hoping you find a man that got enough money to rescue you. Men, your man is not your savior. Your man is not your savior. So you get your own house in order beforehand. Amen? All right. So, 1144. All right, we got about a couple more minutes. So, so, so we got significance, we got safety and security, and we got belonging, all established in the very beginning. And so Genesis 2, we, like we said, we're going to skip around. And, and Genesis 2, verses 5, it says, In every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up from a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. And the Lord God formed man of dust of the ground and, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. At that moment, man's soul came alive. What's the soul? His mind, his will, his emotions, his imagination, and his intellect. They became alive. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put a man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In verse 15, it says, then the Lord God took the man, say he took him, took him, and placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord didn't do anything until he had got the man ready. So they said the bushes hadn't even grown yet. So look how God set us up. So he said, you know what? This is my good thing. So let me go ahead and make these bushes grow. Let me water them from beneath. And he said he put God, he put the man in the Eden in the garden, but he wasn't ready to work yet. And God then, he says, let me grow it up. And in verse, verse 9, it says, and out of the ground made the Lord to God to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight. Even back then, God just wanted, listen, and, and Pastor John helped me, because I, I am wealthy, but I, ha I used to be cheap. <laughs> and it didn't matter what I was buying, I needed three quotes. <laughs> Minimum. Minimum. 
It didn't matter. And Lord, I've been working on it this week. <laughs> I had to rent a car this week and took all I had. <laughs> I just texted Tim Taylor and I said, Taylor, I need a car. <laughs> and then she did send me an email and I'll pray. That's it. So, but it took all I had. Why? Because like, like she said, I always tried to make what God wants for me cheaper. All right. But God said, <laughs> he said he wanted to be pleasant to our sight. So in your house, God just don't want to bless you with a house and a new job. He wanted to be pleasant yeah. to your sight. Yeah. See, don't, don't settle for the four bedroom when God told you it was five. Don't, don't settle for the SLT version when God told you to go platinum. Don't settle for cloth when he told you to get leather. Yeah, come on. I mean, come on. I mean, because that's what we do. And the enemy's happy with you settling because somebody needs to identify what you're supposed to get because it's going to attract them. And so when I, when I settled, I remember when I brought my first house. We took Pastor Aaron and Pastor Sean to a house that was 1,500 square feet. The Lord had told us that our first house would be over 2,000 square feet. And Pastor Aaron and Pastor Sean walked in here and they said, Ralph, let me see that paper. I showed it to him. He said, why are we here? I said, because it's a nice house. He said, but it ain't what the Lord yeah, showed you. Lord, ah. Come on. And see, because I, I, I ain't the man of the house, so I, I can mess with you. Because I, I mean, I like Pastor I ain't really scared of you either. But <laughs> check this out. A lot of us don't grow up because we don't want nobody in our business. Wow. See, you don't want anybody to call you out on the fact that you're supposed to be significant, but you're acting insignificant. You, you, you know, part of being, and, and I skipped to the last, let me just go to this last page. Did I, identity requires pruning. You can't be your best without ever being pruned. My grandma had rose bushes growing up. And, 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 and if you ever know somebody who had rose bushes, you know that you have to go outside and you got to clip those dead pieces away. You got to do all this pruning. And in the pruning, it seems like you're damaging something at first. It, it, it appears as if you are harming something at first. But really what's happening is you're cutting away all of the unnecessary so that the nutrients from the ground can cause the flourishing of what's needed. See, you got pastors after your own heart, God's heart. And, in, and Jehoshaphat says over there in 2020, listen to the man of God, you'll prosper. But you can't be at church on time. Now, and you think, well, why does that matter? Now, let me help you. Every word matters. The word that you hear from cancer is just as important as it want to be on time. And see, what we want to do, we want to wait and value according to what we want. Because we want significance until our significance requires somebody else to say something to us. See, see Adam had to be accountable to God. And Adam had all dominion given from God. And Adam had, say, one job. One job. Adam had one job. one job. And at first I thought, man, Adam messed it up for us because now we got so many choices to do wrong. But really, we got one job. Yeah, one job. It's the same, same as Adam. Yeah. Same because you do understand by last week the law don't exist. That's right. So it was no law in Eden. It was only one sin. Yep. And the only sin was to do what? Eat of the tree of good and evil. Because that simple act was disobedience to God. And so today you have a choice. The life a law, sin, and death or the life of Christ Jesus. You know, you got a choice. And the Bible helps us. He says, choose you this day. Yes. <laughs> choose life. He tells you the answer. But in order to have your significance, you are going to have to be pruned. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. It, hurts it hurts 
but it's needed. I can't tell you how many times in that office over there on Thompson that Pastor Sean came up out there. See, y'all get to see the different Pastor Sean. All right, Sarah can attest to some of this. We got the raw Pastor Sean in all her essence. And I appreciate it. Because I learned at an early age, if you don't let people talk into your life, you will never produce. You can't blossom by yourself. You can't blossom by yourself. Why? Because you, first of all, in order to be, you, you have pastors because they see things in your life you can't see. Like, like I've been rolling with Pastor Evan for a long time. And we joke and play around, but at the end of the day, baby, it's understood. This is my man of God. And I follow him as he follow God. And if he tells me to be here at 930, I get in my car in Conway by 645 with all the kids. We gassed up and we go. Why? Because I understand that if I listen, it says believe in the prophet and you will prosper. It matters. Y'all don't want to hear that. But I'll come back later and we'll teach that whole thing. We'll, come, we'll, we'll teach that whole thing. But I got I to get, I get past Edwin in the message. I got past Sean a little bit. So, so Genesis 2, he says, don't eat the tree. So I'm sorry, Genesis 2 and 15. Then the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it. And he physically placed man into the garden to keep watch over it and ensure its preservation. This was man's first occupation. God gave you a job. Say, my job is to tend the earth. Oh, you should be excited. My job is to tend the earth. All of the earth belongs to me. All of it belongs to me. And I got one job. He said, make sure it multiplies. Make sure you replenish it. In Genesis 2, 16, man, I don't got, and I, I'm not here yet. All right. Genesis 2. Starting at verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the earth and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that's what his name was. <laughs> Woo. What you saying? Yes. So, so picture this. God comes over here. And he works in the dirt. He gets some dirt and he brings it over to Adam. And he says, Hey, Adam, what's this? Adam says, That's a cow. And it goes, Moo. He goes back over here and gets some more dirt. And he said, Adam, what's this? He says, a pig. And it goes, oink. Y'all get it in a second. Hold on. So he kept digging in the dirt. And he kept bringing things to Adam. And whatever Adam called it, it is. And it still is. So the words that you have in your mouth have the capacity to change the course of everything. So, so this is what Adam did. Adam walked out his dominion, and God set him up to do it. God could have named them all himself, but he wanted Adam to experience the power that he had because he was a regent in the earth. He had the exact same power that God had. So he said, Adam, call this dirt. And it flew away because yeah. it was a bird. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Whatsoever he called his was. God brought you that little business. And you thought it was so small. But he wanted you to call it multi-billion dollar property business. He brought you that man. But you thought it was so small. So you didn't call it. And now he got a good woman. 
Because it's your job to name it. I, I love how the lady in First Kings. Hold on, hold on, hold on, because because you have the ability in your mouth right now to name it, and it becomes. See, you waiting on God to name it. You're saying, God, bless me with the job. God, bless me with a good marriage. God, bless me with this. But God is saying, you are the regent. You are the living power in the earth. I am done. It's all on you. And that's why Abraham says, I staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. Yes. Considering not my own body. Yes. What was he doing? He was stepping back out of his flesh. Yes. Operating fully in the spirit. Yes. And, it was, and Sarah's womb came alive. Yes. Why? Because in Genesis 15, he already knew God called it. You'll be a father of what? Many nations. I can't be a father without a son. So Abraham stood on the word. He was fully persuaded that what God had said was already done. He didn't stop practicing. <laughs> he, the Bible says he was patient. That word means consistent. So every day, we got kids in here, he'll enter in with Sarah until the fruit came by. See, God told you you'll be a millionaire. God told you the business was yours. God told you you'll be married happily. God told you the job was yours, but you don't even consistently apply. The Bible says let patience have her perfect work. Then you'll be entire and perfect, wanting what? Nothing. When I consistently apply my faith, there is nothing I can want for there's nothing I can want for. Let patience. I think it's Philippians 4 and 9. Don't, don't take my word for it. I'm preaching to me. Because y'all don't understand. Y'all don't even understand how the Lord is changing my life. Tamara messed with me because she's like, you're going to cry before you preach. You're going to cry during you preach. And you're going to cry at the end. So I'm trying not to make her words true. <laughs> but when I think about, <laughs> when I think about how year two or three of my marriage, it could have been gone. When, when, when I think about how, how, how my kids have grown up, when I think about they got doors that close with door knocks. When I think about I got more money than I got months. When I think about that I got the biggest thing in my house last year was my gift. Right. Yeah. And I lack nothing. Yeah. When I think about that, oh, man. And see, that's why your praise, well, you can't think about all that and not praise God. Right. And when you praise God, the enemy confuses him. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, what's going on? Uh -huh. Now they're talking that spirit talk. Now they're thanking God. Now I'm losing my dominion because praise requires you to step out of your flesh into your spirit. And that's why God inhabits it. Because praise is not a fleshly endeavor. And so God is able to inhabit that because it's a spiritual act. And no man comes to God believing and not receive. There's no way you can be in the presence of God and not get what you need. But I thought that was Philippians 4 and 9. All right, it's in there. You look it up. Let patience have a perfect work. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody find and scream it out in a minute. James 1, what? Four through eight. All right, James 1. So, Pastor, I'm not here yet. So, 
If y'all need to leave, y'all go ahead, but we're going to keep going. Pastor, I'll get here, I guess. All right. All right. So neither, neither Adam or Eve considered they already had everything. So they only sinned because they thought they didn't have what they already had. Tell your neighbor, a neighbor, don't settle for a counterfeit. He will always offer you something that looks like what you already have. Eve, and then eat, know your word. Tell your neighbor, know your word. Because Eve said, well, God told us that we can't touch this and eat of it. That's a lie. God said don't eat it. But see, what happened was, and this is how we slide into sin, Eve touched that tree, and she didn't die. <laughs> so Eve said, let me go and slide into the little apple and bite it, and I didn't die. And then she gave it to Adam, and he ate it, and he didn't die, not physically. And that's how you be sliding into sin. You be like, well, he rubbed my thigh, but we didn't have sex this time. Well, I gave him a little kiss on the cheek, but that's all that happened this time. And before you know it, you up here bawling. But the great thing about God, he's always forgiving and always taking you back. But you don't have to be consumed by the devil. But you don't have to be. It's a choice. So, and at this point, God put into place a perfect plan to restore our identity. He didn't leave us broken. It all begins with salvation, and we'll probably end here. Because, because you got to understand that salvation is more than going to heaven, baby. If, if you just take salvation for the heaven benefits, you're missing out. You're missing out. Some of you got insurance, and you don't even know all the benefits that come with it. You thinking that the million dollar policy you got on your life is just for when you die. You didn't know that if you were just diagnosed with a terminal illness, they'll give you 80% of that million. You didn't know that if a storm came and your electricity went out and you lost all your food that they'll pay for it. You didn't know, you didn't know that that damage in your house from that roof that they'll replace the roof, but they'll replace everything in your house that got wet because of the roof. Why? Because you didn't read your policy. Salvation means sozo. That means deliverance. That means healed, and that means restored. So when God saved you, he sealed your eternity off. But tell your neighbor, so that's just part of it. That's, just, that's a small part of it, actually. But what he did was he restored everything that sin took. See, when you was 13, you weren't understanding the full decision that you was making. But baby, Matthew 13 and 15 says, let's at any time. Let's at any time a man sees and hears, he can be converted. So that word sozo. Let me find it in my notes because I wrote it down. It was so crazy this week as I was preparing. I had this same message probably in four different places. I started looking. I was like, oh, I was like, man, this is everywhere. So Sozo, saved, whole, healed, preserved, well delivered from all the consequences of sin. So the enemy wants you to believe that. Because, raise your hands, you say. All right. Praise the Lord. If you're not saved, you have an opportunity for you to leave. Or you can do it right now. It's not that hard. Lord, hey, I want you to be Lord of my life. I don't got time to be out here walking in the flesh getting dominated by the enemy. Every time I get ahead. And see, the enemy, he is a perfect uh, foe in the sense that he lets you get to a place where you think you got it in your flesh. He lets you get to the apex then to stab you and bring you back. Because he's not just going after the thing, he's going after all of you. He wants you to be so down, depressed, and broken that you won't ever try it again. You know, you, you, you get that money saved up because you took the job God told you not to take and it looked good. And so you're making more money you ever made outside of obedience. Lord, let, I mean, the enemy let you get fifteen, twenty thousand dollars saved up, and before you know it, something happened and it wipes it all away. 
Why? Because it wasn't just about the money. He wants to fully deflate you. Yes. He'll set you up. Yes. Why? Because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Because think about it. Them people you didn't like, you picked the opportune time to do whatever you did to them that was mean. You're like, I could give them a day, but that ain't good enough. I got to wait a second. Love. Love. Amen, brother. You ain't the only one. There's some mean folks in here. <laughs> Was. Some of y'all is, but you're going to be converted to. And the enemy does the same thing. He does. He waits till you get to the point where you think you got it in your flesh, and he yanks everything you work for. But, but God, he comes back and rescues you. So our salvation is there. And we're whole, we're healed, we're preserved. That means that nothing the enemy does can stagger you from achieving what God has for you. You're preserved. If your grandma ever made preserves, you know it was, I mean, she went in that kitchen, she took her time and did some things. And when she sealed that can, it could sit there forever. Why? Because it's preserved. Your blessings are preserved. Whether you are 10 when you get it or 110 when you get it. But it's yours. It's yours. Salvation did that for you. And when the enemy comes to attack your life, you're like, and that's why I said, don't worry about a lot of scripture. Study your word. But if all you know is that by his stripes, I am healed. Or John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? If that's the only scripture you got, ride it out, baby. You, you ride. I got everlasting life. I am saved. That means that this bill right here, I am preserved from debt. I thought I'd have more. Amen. Y'all must like debt. I'm preserved from debt. Now the problem is we don't allow our seed to grow up and to harvest so that we won't have debt anymore. And we won't get into the disobedience part of you charging up City Mac, City and Visa and all of that. Because part of deliverance is obedience. A whole lot of deliverance is obedience. Don't charge. Don't answer the call. Don't apply. Because the enemy will let you apply and you'll get it. Only to set you up. He is. He he is there for the kid. kid. So, we'll go ahead and Hallelujah. I'll open doors for you. I will open doors for you, says God. Doors that you thought that were too big. I will walk you through hand by hand. Lift your eyes up. Focus on me, says God. While you look at me, I change all the earth for you. All the desires of your heart have already been manifested. I am God, I change not. The same way I set up Eden for Adam, I have set up Eden for you. Walk into my garden that has already been fully furnished. Rest, toil no more. Be consistent in your praise. 
Don't lose focus. Side show distractions will come, but keep your eyes on me. I've already delivered you, says God. I've already provided your promises. I've already given you wealth. There is nothing in your heart that I haven't exceeded. There's not a desire that I haven't exceeded. Trust me that I have done it. Allow history to repeat itself in your life. Through your obedience, I will fulfill everything that you need. I love you and know that I will do it for you. Hallelujah, God. Y'all go ahead and water that with some praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless your name, Father. We bless your name, God.